must remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers woo They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Hello and welcome to Cranky Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. How's it going? Uh, not too bad, you know. Uh, not too bad at all, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I do know. I know exactly. Yeah. Before we get into the movie, do you want to maybe uh, talk a little about, about what we were doing last weekend? What were we doing last weekend? Oh yeah, that's right. I, I just think that might be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean you gotta. You're the, you're the uh, lead of that okay, operation. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you gotta. Right. You, okay. Yes. Well, so you know, I think here on Cricket Commentaries, it is it is important, I think, to practice what we preach in exactly, the most am- yeah. amateurish way possible. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were out uh, shooting a short film. Yes. Uh, amateurly. We're, but, Am- amateurishly, but also but also but also professionally. Uh, exactly. We we were shooting on on film, actually. Indeed, yeah, it was uh, quite an operation. Yeah, uh, this is my first time actually shooting a uh, motion picture film, uh, so this was exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Have you started any of the developing process? Uh, no, uh, I have not because uh, I haven't had time and I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, it's it's going to be a delicate process. It's a very delicate process, yes. So yeah, uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'm sure we'll be giving more updates on on that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun uh, a fun project to keep abreast of. Exactly. Yeah. But yes, this week, uh, this week we are sort of uh, moving on from uh, last week's episode. We're gonna do something, you know, a bit more, uh, a bit different. A bit. <laughs> Yeah, different. Yeah, vibe. so so we decided to go in the other direction, and uh, we're doing a rom com this week. A bit more down to earth. A bit more down to earth. Yeah. Well, is it really? I mean, no, but literally speaking. Mm. Yeah, no, no aliens, or not that I know of. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, there could have been. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna rule well, rule it out. I mean. But. I mean, we are doing a Trek segment later, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be... Every episode is not quite as down-to-earth. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, should we talk about what film we're doing? Have we even... Have we gotten there yet? Well, no, no. We just said we were doing a rom-com. And it's down-to-earth, that's right. We and it's down-to-earth. We haven't actually named it yet. No, we haven't. Uh, but, you know, it has to do with, uh, you know, when you're... When it's, when it's late at night and you're not sleeping... And you're in a place that is on the West Coast. You're, yeah, you're in the, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And you're having trouble uh, getting to bed. Not being awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sleepless in Seattle. There we go. That's what that's the film yeah. we're doing this week. Uh, and what did you think? 
Uh, I thought it was okay. You know, pretty yeah. uh, pretty standard rom com. Uh, pretty you know. standard. It broke all the all the the mainstream uh, conventions. Well, not all of them. No, not but all enough of them. of them, I guess. Yeah, enough of them to be uh, technically a classic. I would say that yeah, this is probably a classic. Yeah, it's 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 brought up with other classics. Yeah, so Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have been featured a couple of times on this podcast, not together. A couple of times, have they? I mean, well, I mean, I don't think we've done their films more than once, but we've talked okay, about yeah, them yeah, multiple yeah. times. I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So uh, Meg Ryan was in Top Gun. As, uh, <laughs> as you may or may not, probably may not remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she won in our uh, our uh, worst accent award. That's true. She doesn't she... do an accent in this episode. Not that she doesn't I'm try to do a of. Baltimore accent. No, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> what is a Baltimore accent? There's a there is one. I'm not gonna try to do one. Um, but yeah, it's it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. At the twilight's last gleaming, she's brought strengths and great storms. Meg Ryan was in Top Gun, as we just mentioned, and Tom Hanks was in Apollo 13. Yeah, it's a very similar role Tom Hanks plays, I think. Oh yeah, Tom Hanks is, you know, very uh, one-dimensional. He's Tom know? Hanks in every movie he's ever done, done except Forrest Gump. Sorry, what'd you say? This is Tom Hanks in every movie except Forrest Gump? Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks in every movie right. except for Forrest Gump's. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's Forrest Gump's, like, I guess he's put on, like, the most of a character, I guess. I don't know, they, they also, he also looks, like, considerably younger in Forrest Gump, and I think that's just because he cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, he does the, 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 the buzz cut, or the, the yeah. brush cut, or whatever. You call it. Yeah, whatever you call that. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Forrest Gump. We're going to easily fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we could whenever, easily whenever fall down that rabbit hole. I mean, I'm sure it's going to come up again. But... Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the initial thoughts, really, is how much I love Tom Hanks and how much this podcast loves Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, I, I think that's true. Okay, okay you just seemed hesitant uh, when I said the podcast. No, no, Tom I mean, Hanks. we all love Tom Hanks here. <laughs> this is a this is a zone where uh, Tom Hanks may not be besmirched on this podcast. <laughs> a besmirchless zone. What are we gonna do if exactly. Tom Hanks turns out to be a weirdo? Anyway, again, let's not. Um, we're, we're, I mean, I don't think it will happen. We'll cross that bridge when slash if we come to it. Any other right. initial thoughts before we get to our our basic most basic of facts? Uh, I mean, this is probably gonna come up. Well, we gotta do the summary first, actually, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, like what this movie's about. Yeah, uh, but, uh, which we call it, and this is probably going to come up on the summary, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of, uh, it's very weird stalker uh, kind of situation going on in this movie. <laughs> it is a very weird stalker situation. It's kind of, <laughs> well, let's do it now. Let's let's break down how, what happens in this movie. Right. I'll start, and then you take over. When okay, sure. I inevitably forget something important. Okay, got it. So you've got you got Tom Hanks and his yep. son, uh, Jonah. Yep. And then Tom Hanks, his wife. Tom Hanks is an architect. Um, I guess that's not really that important, but not particularly. <laughs> no, he doesn't 
live in Seattle. I don't know where he lives. He lives in Chicago. Oh, right, Chicago. That's right. They show the skyline and everything. Um, yeah. And so he lives in Chicago. Uh, his wife dies, and they're at the funeral, and he's all sad. And he's like, I need to change the scenery. Me and my son need to change things up. So they move to Seattle, where he lives on a houseboat. But, you know, even though he's he's changed things up, he's still really sad. Uh, so his son, Jonah, calls into a, a call-in radio show, which is one of the key points of this film, but also, in my opinion, really unbelievable. Like, what is an eight-year-old kid going to be listening to this? I mean, maybe it was different in the 90s, but... I don't know. They didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> they true. did other things. That's true, but it's like it's like the <laughs> most inaccessible for children like radio show. It's like yeah, a I don't know. Psychiatrist. Maybe he like show? heard about it and then he was like, "Well, my dad is sad. Maybe I should call." Yeah, this. maybe. Anyway, he so he calls into this uh, call a psychiatrist and I'll help with your issues radio show. Yeah, and he he gets his dad. Which, by the way, uh, Nora Ephron is one of the callers. Oh, I didn't notice. Th- I didn't know that. Actually. She, I forget what it was. Something in Detroit, distressed in Detroit, or something like that. Right, uh, right, right. She. That's Nora Ephron. Anyway, um, so Tom Hanks calls it, or Jonah calls in and gets Tom Hanks on the phone begrudgingly, uh, and all the way over in Baltimore, on the other side of the country. Uh, what's her name? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan just so happens to be flipping through stations she's and... flipping it's serendipitous she's flipping through the the stations and she hears tom hanks being i guess super endearing on the radio yeah and i guess i mean is... i i listened to it i don't know why he would stick out that much i mean you know i guess I mean, it's a they talked a lot about like when looking into this film they talk a lot about how it's like they had a lot of trouble with the idea of a man calling in in the 90s, you know? So, I think... Well, yeah, I mean, that's why they make his son do it, which I think is, is funnier, too. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> is funnier. It's like, it is and funny. it establishes a character for the son as well. It is. It's a it's a good plot device. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about that a bit more. But, like, the... Yeah, I think that's probably why it's... It, it, back in... it Like, why it seems right. so... Right, uh, just because the uh, idea is like you, you wouldn't expect him to be on the radio at all. Cause, cause actually, he's, yeah, he's being uh, on the radio, and he's being—I think that they even say he's being like sensitive or something. One of the characters, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, he's opening up on the radio. Right. So I guess that's like, like again, I don't think this necessarily carries into our day and age. Like <laughs> the fact, right? That, like, yeah, yeah. Well, the, I mean, it's a radio call-in show, right? It's yeah, already exactly. like a bit. <laughs> But, like, you're supposed to get the idea that thousands of women are, like, you know, fall in love with him. Like, Well, that's the idea that I got, but I, I just don't know. I, I just, based on what he said, I don't, I, I don't imagine, I don't, I don't understand why yeah, that it doesn't was, really make sense. He just sounds... Happened so immediately, right? Yeah, it's like, it doesn't seem that interesting to me, but it's, it's apparently a really big deal. Uh, okay. In this, in this movie. Well, in, in, in this movie it is, yeah. Yeah, in the movie. So, because, you know... <laughs> it uh, it causes uh, Meg Ryan, who is uh, engaged uh, to uh, this guy, to Bill Pullman. to immediate, immediately start having second thoughts yeah. after hearing this radio show. So, I mean, I think that marriage might have been doomed already because she was like, it didn't really take much. <laughs> what? Because he was boring? Yeah. It did, like... I don't know. I, I just find it, uh, his character pretty funny. 
Whoa. Because, like... Well, no, he's kind of a stock character, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Like, have you ever heard the term Baxter? No. Okay, well, that's... I think that's what they call this type of character, which is basically, like, the the guy whose entire purpose in life is to be sort of just, like, a fine but boring dude who gets left uh, by... <laughs> So that the girl can be with uh, the main character? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, he is a stock character, exactly. Just, like, yeah, allergic I mean, to everything. A yeah. nice guy, but just boring. Exactly. He's no Tom Hanks. <laughs> exactly. He's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> His only flaw is that he is not Tom Hanks. <laughs> and, but what a fucking flaw that is. My god. Well, I mean, I'm not Tom Hanks. You're not Tom Hanks. Not, yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we can... Uh, We'll just have to live with that. Yeah, we're all suffering from that <laughs> fatal flaw. Exactly. That could be a religion. What? Like oh, a original sin, but like. Or original... maybe it's like maybe it's it's like um, you know, uh, you need to like follow the path to become Tom Hanks. <laughs> so the purpose of the religion is like you become so. Well, it's it's like Buddhism, except like instead of like reaching. The enlightenment you reach a state of angst exactly <laughs> <laughs> this is great we need to put that in the back pocket because that's this is good stuff um, right okay where we're, we're talking about the movie uh yes so not Hanks, our tom hanks religion <laughs> this is good stuff but, uh <laughs> Um, yeah, so Annie hears, she falls in love with Tom Hanks. Annie is the character played by Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, yeah. She falls in love with Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, her and Rosie O'Donnell obsess over it. Yeah, they keep bringing up this movie, An Affair to Remember. Yeah, with, uh, what's his name? Cary Grant. Cary Grant, Cary Grant, uh, as the, as the lead character, which is funny because Rob Reiner is like, you gotta be like Cary Grant, so they tie that in yes. a lot. I mean that the this whole movie is supposed is like an homage in a way to like old. Well, I mean, like they it's it literally follows the plot of that movie, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be. Supposed and they like mention that, that in the movie, like it. It's true. So, yeah, it's like it's just like an affair to remember. Just, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be in love. You want to be in love in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's obsessed. With him, sort of. I don't know, obsessed. Yeah, obsessed is the right word, yeah. Yeah, I um, think that is the right word. So then she writes him this letter, which... Did she like, write him the letter first, or did she send the P, is it P.I.? Oh, that's a good question. I think she sends the P.I. first. That's really weird. <laughs> she, yeah, she, like, faxes a P.I. In Seattle. In Seattle. To, like, go stalk this guy. Yeah, and I noticed that in the, the P.I. scene, did you notice the, the thing we were talking about last week? The focus pull where you, like, overshoot it and then come back? Oh, yeah. Did we, we talk did... about that specific kind of pull last week? Well, I, we didn't talk about it specifically. Like, I, right, didn't, I yeah. just mentioned, like, imagine Because we're talking about that. focus pulling. We were talking about focus pulls a lot. And I was like, imagine oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you did it, like, it would look so bad. But then I wasn't thinking. I realized, oh, there is a scenario when you would need to do it. When you're implying that you're using a camera. Well, yeah, that's the entire point, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we'll find out soon enough how, how our focus polls went last oh, week. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. Our, um, our, our literal focus polls, yeah. 
Well, yeah. you did them. You did them yourself. Yeah. Well, I we didn't yeah, have a first. I, I think they turned out. I well, I was the DP and the first AC and the first AC and the director. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're a lot of hats in this cranky commentaries. Uh, indeed, world. indeed. There's a lot of hats to be worn. Um, yeah, she she hires a, a private investigator to stalk him, but uh, so I forget exactly. There's a little bit of a, a lull in the film here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that is actually something that I noticed when I was watching this film. I think there's a bit of filler. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they needed to like they needed something going on, and I think that's the whole him dating this other person whose name yeah, I've so already forgotten. The, the writer it's jeff arch right jeff arch yeah, yeah. he was kind of talking about how he was writing this he was saying like you know uh i'd be uh if ever i didn't know how what would happen next i would just switch to the other city right <laughs> and see like oh what's going on over here right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and it's... i think you can kind of see that when you watch it yeah yeah it's like this scene's not going anywhere let's jump to <laughs> yeah exactly let's jump to the next one then uh, she writes this letter, but doesn't want to send it. But Rosie O'Donnell sends it for... So basically, Rosie O'Donnell and the kid are like uh, parallel characters. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so, so she, Rosie O'Donnell sends uh, Meg Ryan's letter. Uh, the kid gets really attached to the letter and obsessed with Meg Ryan. Because she mentioned something about baseball. Because, yeah, she mentioned... Because the kid's bit. romantic about baseball. The kid's romantic about baseball, yeah. <laughs> In fact, he grows up to he, be... He really quickly, he really quickly, you know, transitions into becoming a hardcore Mariner fan, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, that kid, who that kid grew up to be. Who? Oh. Billy Bean. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. The kid is, uh, is uh, Pete. Oh yeah, <laughs> the kid's got to be Pete, man. Yeah, the kids. The ages Pete. don't work with Billy Pete. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Meg Ryan. Uh, so in the letter, she's like, "Meet me in New York, like this film. Meet me at the top of the Empire you State Building. Meet me building. at the top of the Empire State Building, <laughs> like this movie on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, the kid. Eventually, uh, uh, Tom Hanks is like, "I'm having none of this. You're you're being dumb, kid. Shut up." Yeah. I mean, which is a fair, like, you know... Yeah, the kid's being really annoying about it. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks is just trying to, you know, move on and date yeah. Victoria. Who is who is a very similar character, by the way, to Bill Pullman's character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the woman he's dating is exactly the same. Yeah, the, the yeah. female equivalent. Uh, the architect lady. Um, so then the no, kid... No, she's, she's not an architect. Oh well, she well she meets her through yeah he meets her through his architecting him being an architect yeah so then the kid's girlfriend uh who is super hip I don't know exactly yeah she how what she does but she gets him on a flight well she hacks into the no she doesn't hack into the computer she uses a computer when nobody else is there yeah she uses a computer and because it's a computer it's, it, it, it gives off the same vibe as hacking because it's early computers yeah this is what 1993 three I think the film went out yeah 1993 yeah so yeah so he, she hacks she dials it. it she dials the phone system on her modem so, so she dials the airplane people on her modem and then like yeah she, she's a she's a tech guru and uh, yeah <laughs> sets it up so that he's 
fake 12 years old even though he's clearly not yeah um, because if it's on the computer they'll definitely believe it yeah if it's on the computer they'll believe anything <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so he flies to new york to meet right him, to meet without Annie. telling his dad yeah and it's a whole ordeal so tom hanks flies to new york and then right she goes i think to- i think uh jessica there might be a crime here i'm not sure what it is like yeah jessica is his girlfriend the kid's girlfriend yeah yeah there's definitely a crime there there's like also what money did they use i don't know they kind of talk about it but it doesn't sound like they paid they had enough well they had like i don't know how much a flight to new york from seattle cost in 1993 but i can't imagine it was cheap like, that's probably the most expensive flight you could make in the United States. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a literally cross-country. Except Hawaii, maybe. Yeah. In the continental United States. In the continental U.S., yeah. How much was a flight from... I think they might have said in the movie, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, it seems odd that they had enough money to do that. Yeah, well, that's unless again, they used the, like the mom's credit card or something like that. The implied, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where the implied because they were comes already in. on on the com- the the computer, right? Yeah, right. Maybe she just left her credit card there or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I couldn't find any information about 1993, but right now you can get a flight from Seattle to New York from for 140 bucks. Really? Yeah. U.S. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cheap, man. That is pretty cheap. I mean, oh, it the, might be COVID pricing. Yeah, this whole COVID thing has really. Yeah, the, the, this is yeah, this this is probably not re- real right I mean, now. This, this is probably have, gonna last like a couple of months. This is might have been what it was in nineteen. I, flights used to be cheap as fuck, dude. Like, it used to be like taking a bus. Yeah. Like pre nine eleven, domestic American flights are like. Right. I think in Canada we have kind of a skewed like. Version. Oh, actually, yeah, it's true. I think flights in Canada are more expensive. But also, I think the reason is uh, in Canada uh, we basically only domestic airlines can can handle domestic canadian flights yeah right right yeah we only have the so, two <laughs> exactly so as a result the cost is just going to be increased by lack of competition right it's the same reason we get fucked over but with a uh, phone coverage is because it's we're like <laughs> exactly we're like one of the worst countries in the world we pay the most for phone bills anyway we're yeah, getting a little I mean this off this code. is a bit of an aside but like <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, you know, you know, our uh, our phone, our our, our uh, phone bills are more expensive, and so are our flights. Yep, yep. So. And our cheese. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie. Was... But our drugs are cheap. <laughs> well, it depends on which ones you. Well, cheaper than the states. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Did you hear about Walmart's <laughs> insulin? Anyway. Uh, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so this movie was not okay, expected. We got, okay, so they go to New York. Uh, fucking, uh, he finds out that his kid went to New York. Yeah. He goes to New York. He goes to New York. But uh, meanwhile, uh, Annie is already in New York. She's breaking up with her fiance. Yeah. Who takes it with remarkably good grace. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which makes me feel even more sorry for him. Yeah, I know. Well, he'll 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 find someone else. He'll find someone who he'll bounce back. Maybe he'll find Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're destined for each other. Maybe that's the the sequel. Exactly. Boring in Baltimore. 
boring in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they, uh, his son is at the top of the Empire State Building. He seems to be there all day. Yeah, he goes there all day asking, and nobody... He keeps asking everybody, are you Annie, are you Annie? Nobody tries to help his unattended child who's harassing random people. Yeah, and then Tom Hanks gets to the top of the Empire State Building, finds his kid, and is like, dude, what the fuck? What are you doing? You flew to New York. And then, so they're up at the top of the Empire State Building. Annie comes into the Empire State Building, and she's like... I gotta get to the top of the Empire State Building. I gotta see this guy because I just broke up with my fiance. And like, you know. <laughs> and the security this guard is, uh, is like... And the security guard's like, eh, why the fuck not? <laughs> well, I, you know, pre-9-11 and all that. I know that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know that movie. Uh, and so then, like, uh, I don't know if you went to the top of the Empire... If you went to the Empire State Building and tried that now, if it would work, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no, it's a whole... It's a whole thing. No, no, anyway, uh... uh Let's keep going, because we got to get to the next part. Yes. Um, so they get in the elevator. Uh, Annie gets in the elevator and starts going to the top. And then in the meantime, uh, he's like, Tom Hanks is like, let's go home. And they get into the other elevator. And then the elevator starts coming up just as the other elevator is coming down. And oh Annie comes up, God, and there's nobody there. They miss each other just by as seconds. Soo- as soon as I saw the elevator... Like them getting in the elevator, I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna happen." Uh, yeah, I know. I, was, you... <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, so they, they um, Annie's at the top, and uh, she's like, "Oh my God, no, Tom Hanks isn't here." But I'm just gonna go out and take a look anyway. I, that part so bothered she... me so much when she's like, "Can I have a minute?" And the like nice old guy was just like, "Was like, yeah," but it's like. Dude, that guy's trying to close up. That's an old man. He's an old security guard. He just wants no, to go home. No, but he's home. seen the movie. That was a different guy. Oh, it was a different guy, right? There was, okay, no, never mind. There was the elevator guy who was a different guy. And it's like, right, dude, see, he's okay. trying to close up. You're being really fucking... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so she's like, oh, no, he's gone. But then she sees a backpack. <laughs> a backpack decorated in seattle mariners <laughs> logos and shit i totally i totally didn't even notice that. <laughs> it's, it's a big thing baseball is a big part of this movie yeah it is somehow <laughs> well because tom hanks somehow. loves baseball he's romantic about baseball and so is his kid yeah you know surprisingly like this was made uh during the perfect time when the seattle mariners were actually okay oh perfect that's probably so, why I put so much about baseball and i literally meant tom hanks likes baseball like the actor oh and yeah yeah exactly um, so, uh, he was in a couple of baseball movies, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, she, she finds the backpack and is like, Seattle? Who do I know who's from fucking Seattle? Tom Hanks. Exactly. So then Tom Hanks is meanwhile coming up the elevator with his kid because his kid's like, I forgot my backpack, daddy. Tom uh, Hanks must be so frustrated. Like, I flew all the way to New York. We came to the top of the MRSA building, and then you forgot we have to go all the way back up. Well, I mean, he's probably, like, just, you know, relieved to have his kid to yeah, know suppose, where his kid is. Cause he, I suppose that's true. Yeah, his kid literally but, fled the state. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyway, they Tom Hanks and his kid gets to the top of the Empire State Building, and they're like, my backpack is right over there, and they see this strange lady. Holding his backpack. Oh, oh, and he recognizes her because she flew to Seattle to go stalk him. And then she oh, played. yeah, right, right, right. They saw each other from they a distance. They saw each other in the middle of the road. Uh, well, that was <laughs> the weirdest scene in the whole movie, I think. But anyway. Yeah, that was a really um, weird scene. So they get to the... Uh, and and then they're like, are you Annie? 
And then she's like, yeah, my name's Annie. I'm from the letter, right? Yeah. And then, you know, they're like, oh, okay, great. Let's, why don't we go? Well, let's and then let's the movie do this ends. thing. <laughs> they, then, yeah, then they so we hands. don't know if they end up together, actually. No, we don't know how it goes. We don't know how it goes. <laughs> but that's not the point. Exactly. It's about the journey, not the it's destination. Well. I don't know. Unless your <laughs> destination is Seattle. Well, yeah, when the destination is a, uh, a Mariners game. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe an Orioles game. <laughs> nah, fuck the Orioles. Okay. <laughs> Blue okay. Jays fans here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. The Buffalo Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about some basic facts. This movie was not expected to make as much money as it did. Uh, no, I don't think it was. As, as the writer, uh, Jeffrey Arch said, um, or Jeff Arch, he said yeah. uh, they, they, it was the romantic comedy film that they slipped in with a cliffhanger. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, no, I've not actually seen it, but I'm aware of it. Oh, such a great film. Is oh, it I actually? Love I love that movie. Really? Okay, uh, maybe I should watch it. Yeah, you'll, Stallone, right? Yeah, <laughs> Stallone is a rock climber, which yeah. is hard to be- hard to believe um, right because rock climbers are supposed to be they're super wiry they're not giant i mean buff stallone's anyway, not that buff i mean he's buff like he's buffer than i am or was at least you he know. was big in that movie anyway right okay and also how i married an axe murder was the other film and i think he said that movie like disappeared or something that i forget how he described yeah, so, it so these were the other two movies that the studio was doing at the time right yeah, yeah. But uh I mean it's it's interesting cuz I think the movie that that it was uh it was running against was actually Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is interesting uh, cuz I think this was the movie that like, you know, you would go to if you weren't watching Jurassic Park or whatever, right? Right, right. You don't want, if you don't want to see Jurassic Park, you go see this movie. That's funny. I don't know, maybe very different. Or like, very different. Yeah, like you'd be choosing, and you'd be in the theater, you're choosing like whether or not you want to go see Jurassic Park or this movie. Jeff Arch or Jeff Goldblum? I don't know. I mean, I mean, Tom Hanks or Jeff Goldblum? Keaton Pick right now. <laughs> I mean, my my knee jerk reaction is Tom Hanks, but that's a tough decision. Like, <laughs> fuck, that's a tough decision. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You know what would be an interesting uh, fact that I would like to know? What? Who is, like, if you take in the gross of all the movies that they are in, who's as bigger, Tom Hanks or Jeff Goldblum? Undoubtedly Tom Hanks. Really? Do you know, have you any idea how much money just Jurassic Park made? Yeah, I, was just, I guess Jurassic <laughs> Park is, is going to be the, uh, like... Without Jurassic Park, there's no way it's not Tom Hanks, but... Yeah. But yeah, with Jurassic Park... <laughs> with Jurassic Park, right? That's a question. Yeah, how much did that movie make? Like, over a billion? Uh, over a billion, made. yeah. Any other crossover between that movie and this movie? Uh, not off the top of my head, but... You know. by I mean, they were being crossover, made at the same time, so they wouldn't be crossover. like... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so anyway, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's 1.034 billions... Jesus Christ. For Jurassic Park. And Jesus how much Christ. money do you think this movie made? This movie made not as much money as Jurassic Park. No, but I don't want that to take away from how much how successful this movie was. This movie made a lot of money. Yes. It made two hundred and twenty seven point eight million. 
that's a lot of money. So about a quarter of less than a quarter of what Jurassic Park made, but and, and still decent. I mean, Jurassic Park's a horrible <laughs> example. <laughs> no, I know. I, well, I'm just because they were in the theater at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but how much was the budget? Twenty-one million. And if you if you uh, listen to what um, Jeff Arch says, then he seems to think that almost all that money went to paying Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, that makes that makes sense. Like, yeah, like Hanks it's there's the not a lot of power. things that were in this movie that would have been that expensive. I don't think. No, no, like. Loca- shutting down you know, the streets of the street of New York for one day. Okay, well, the, there's that. That's probably Wait, expensive. when did they actually shut down the street? There's a scene where she's like running down the street. I just mean they would have had to like you know. Oh, they would have had to have a film crew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, and then also to get the Empire State Building to do the thing. They definitely weren't on the actual roof, were they? It looked like they were on a set. No, no. When they do the, that's oh, not. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. But when that they light it up with the hearts. Yeah, that was yeah that was the actual Empire State Building. They actually got that was the that. actual Empire State Building because it wouldn't look right if they had a model. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't just do that normally. They actually got them to do that. Yeah, <laughs> which the screenwriter said. It was well, I mean, if you just moments. if it if it was just normal, then like you you wouldn't be able to make them do it multiple times, yeah, right? Because I mean, you're gonna want to have like a safety take or whatever, and you're gonna have to wait till Valentine's Day to, to exactly, to and you wouldn't be able to do it on. Yeah, you would have. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so that was probably the most expensive part, but yeah, it was it was not that expensive of a movie, mostly just to pay uh, those two. Your, your two leads who are literally at the top of the... I mean, Tom Hanks, give him two more years and he'd be the top. I of, don't think that Meg Ryan's quite at the top of her game either, yet. It's true, I guess. She's about to both, be. Give them I mean, both two years. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I think definitely for Meg Ryan, like, this movie was like, you know, probably... This huge for her spring springboarded her exactly um not sure. that she wasn't already a star before this but like you know yeah but definitely yeah, brought yeah. her to another level and then tom hanks probably like peak tom hanks is like right after um uh forrest gump right yeah forrest gump was 94 so this is you know yeah <laughs> so right We're after this right in there right in there yeah so we haven't mentioned her yet but should we talk a bit about nora efron sure uh, director and uh, one of the screenwriters, right? Yeah, exactly. One of the screenwriters. Um, I don't. I didn't know. I you know, I didn't know a whole lot about her until. No, I didn't either. Um, looking into this, but mostly because I haven't seen most of her movies. Not most. I've yeah. Seen ha- when Harry Met Sally, that's a good. Movie. Uh, yeah, I've seen I like that. It. Uh, that's written by her, but not actually directed. Not directed. Right? That yeah. was Rob Reiner, right? Did he direct that movie? And he's in this movie. Yeah, he did. He did direct it. Yeah, he's. A, they were well. Her. He, they were friends. They were. Well, yeah, that, I think that makes, like, I think a lot of the movies that she did were, uh, you know, back and forth with him as well. Yeah, yeah, they have the collaboration a lot between the two yeah, of them. Yeah. I love Rob Reiner. We've talked about him before. Sorry? We've talked about him before. I love Rob him. Rob Reiner, yes, we did. We have found out. <laughs> but yeah, so she was she was born in New York, Nora Ephron, grew up in L.A. Both mm-hmm. her parents are screenwriters, so that's, you know, it explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think so. That like literally everyone in her family is a writer because her sister is also a writer. She worked with her a little bit later on. She did her first, the first film that she directed, she co-wrote mm-hmm. with her sister. But so a little earlier on, so she gets a political science degree. She wanted to be a journalist. Okay. She. That's an uh, interesting transition. What do you mean? Uh, from uh, 
poli-sci to uh, film. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess if it's through writing, then it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, poli-sci is, like, especially if you want to get into journalism, I feel like. Yeah. It's a good place to start. <laughs> um, but she worked in she worked in JFK's White House as an intern, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, um, that's a hell of an internship. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how, like, it's going to be a... Uh, an intense couple of years, I bet. Yeah. Uh, also, coincidentally, oh God, I was about to make a bad joke <laughs> <laughs> about White House interns, and I realized it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think I was my mind vaguely went there as well, but we'll leave that one lie for sure. But she, she left JFK's White House and got a position. She wanted to again, as we said, I wanted to be a journalist. So she worked at Newsweek. She got a a job as a male girl. Okay. But Newsweek didn't let women write. She obviously wanted to be a writer. Um, mm. So she applied to Newsweek as a writer, and they're like, no, you can't because you're a woman. Um, right. This was in the 60s? In the, Yeah, shortly after JFK. She Yeah, so she was like, oh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll take a job in the mail room. Um, right. But she was like, you know what, fuck this. So she, she quit the mail room and she sued them. <laughs> okay. For... Uh, discrimination, which I think she won that case. I didn't look too much into it, but it became it was a hugely high profile case. It like right. It got I mean, me, it, I think it would it be, got, yeah. There's a book and a TV show based off of the whole uh, uh, the whole story. A bit of an aside, but yeah. So she started working at a um, shit. What was the other magazine that she started working for? You didn't put it in the outlines. No, I didn't. Oh. So nobody knows. I know. What's the other one? There's Newsweek. Just start naming magazines that would have been around. Uh. Well, apparently she worked at the New York Post. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> at the Joke time, of a newspaper. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely below even Newsweek. <laughs> well, I don't know what it was like at the time, but... Um, now it's a joke of a newspaper. Certainly yeah. trash now. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, she, she, broke, she broke the story of Bob Dylan's uh, first marriage. Right. Oh. In 1966. So that's, you know, that's big news. Big news, uh, yeah. Because it was a secret marriage, mm. you know, because of Bob Dylan. Intriguing. He, he yeah. did it in secret. But anyway, yada, yada, yada. All this is, this is just, you know, her early career is all kind of journalism. And she gets a, she gets a, a, a good reputation as like a writer that knows what she's doing. Right. So how did she actually get into film? This is where it gets it. She, so she did, she did a rewrite for the film All the President's Men. Um, Dustin Hoffman and uh, Robert Redford. Dusty Hoffy. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a gross dude. Is he? Oh. I was just dusty. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Carl Bernstein. Yeah. That's why, because she was married to Carl Bernstein. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, well, that's her first book called Heartburn, which also got made into a movie with Meryl Streep, I believe, um, was based off of her marriage with Carl Bernstein. And uh, yeah, they they got divorced, and he like sued her for defamation or something. But oh shit, the, the case didn't go anywhere. Oh, it's Jack Jack Nicholson, not Meryl and Streep. And Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Oh, look, Meryl <laughs> Streep as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. Anyway, the point is, she did this rewrite for All the President's Men, which didn't actually get used, but it got her in the door because I guess the right people thought it was good. So, right. She she co-wrote the film Silkwood which was the first uh, actual thing that got used, which kind of set her down, you know, the, the, the so, path. So she kind of got into film then 
through this movie about the White House. Yeah. <laughs> into uh, just because she knew about politics, basically. Basically, I guess, yeah. Because okay. she had ri- written about politics, I guess. Um, and she was familiar with, well, she was married to the guy who wrote, wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. who is in the movie. Well, his character is essentially in the movie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we he's might do Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> he's Dusty Hoffy. Wait, let me just double check that to make sure he's not the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Um, Bob Woodward is Robert Redford. Bob Woodward, that's right. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's we're dangling on the precipice of a few rabbit holes there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mentioned her first film with her sister is the film "This Is My Life," which was based off of a also based off of a book. This is the first Disney. film she directed. She directed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as I said, she had done uh, she did Silkwood, co-wrote Silkwood, uh, co-wrote the film and the screenplay for Heartburn, or the 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 book and the screenplay. But yeah, I I don't know her, the the film "This Is My Life" didn't. Oh, she like, also wrote when Harry met Sally. Oh yeah, yeah, we mentioned that at as this well. point, yeah. 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 But yeah, this is my life. It didn't do very well. Right. But I guess people liked it because, you know, she's accumulating clout. Right, okay. Um as she has been. And I guess also her writing career has also kind of accumulated enough clout for her already. Yeah. It, well, I kind of get the sense that that's sort of how she got into directing this movie was that I think she was probably brought on as a writer first. Right, right. And then they were probably like, oh, well, you can direct. Why don't you direct this movie, right? Well, yeah, because she co-wrote it with her sister, right? So I guess she was involved with the project, and they were just like, why don't you just direct it or something? Exactly. Like that, right. yeah. 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 Because um, Jeff Arch was specifically saying that she had a lot of clout because he was saying, like, you know. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. The yeah, studio, yeah. Like, they didn't, yeah, the studio didn't really, like, you know. Uh, they didn't necessarily take my ideas seriously until Nora Ephron said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which well let's well let's get to it right now. This brings us to our production segment <laughs> because this is basically because this is the film she did right before uh, Sleepless in Seattle was This Is My Life. Right. So this is only her second directorial uh, endeavor. It uh, turned out pretty well for her. But yeah, let's so let's let's jump back to to Jeff Arch. So <laughs> he's a d- different different uh, different story for him. He's um, yeah definitely. He's a struggling screenwriter, you know. He says he's working on like six projects at a time, that sort of thing, doing like yeah. uh working 6 days a week, like 11-hour days constantly writing. He he's got a family, he's got two kids. Talking about how he wrote this film, when he, like the the guy who was interviewing asked him like, "How long did it take you? Like did it take you a long time? Was it like hard to write?" And he's like, "No, it was the easiest film I've ever written. I wrote it in three and a half weeks with two other jobs." <laughs> two kids and the flu yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah he seems like a funny guy uh yeah the, the, yeah the interviews i've read with him are, are, are and watched with him are entertaining yeah he's a down-to-earth guy yeah really but yeah yeah just like in terms of like the kind of like early idea he he because the credits are him nor efron and David, what's his name? David S. Ward. David S. Ward, yeah. Are credited as writers, but 
he independently came up with the story by himself. Well, yeah, so he, it, it's listed as story by Jeff Arch, screenplay oh, right, right. by Jeff Arch, David S. Ward, Nora Ephron. Or right. Nora Ephron, David S. Ward, Jeff Arch. <laughs> Gotta get the billing right. The billing's important. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, I believe billing has nothing to do with, like, you know, how much of the screenplay anybody wrote. No, I think it has to do with clout, generally. Basically, as far as I know. It's clout or even money. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're a member of the Writers Guild, uh, feel free to get in touch with us and correct us if we're wrong. Oh yes, but, please do, uh, please do. Yeah, we don't know. We're not members. But as far as we know, it's it's where your name is does not represent how much of the script you wrote. No, not at all. As far as we know. Yeah. But yeah, he he came up with the story and he did the first few drafts uh, by himself. Yeah. And. He, he said stuff like scenes that look hard to write are easy to write when he was being asked about like writing a scene you know where, where yeah kid... he, he talked about a specific scene uh the, what was it that he with tom his, hanks in it right yeah well yeah it's the scene where um tom his kid is jonah is like uh i'm forgetting what mom looks like you know oh right yeah it was like you know a, a tender emotional scene and like so you people assume it's hard to write i guess but he said that's those are the easiest ones to, to write and he said his, the the dynamic in the film is like 100% based off of his and his daughter's dynamic cuz his daughter was i think 6 or 7 at the time right that how old is jonah supposed to be like nine 8 or, or 9 like yeah 10 maybe yeah. not 12 <laughs> not younger than 12 yeah but yeah so he he was pretty proud of his concept of that they don't meet until the end because I think that is kind of, I guess that is what made, made this film like a standout rom-com is because it kind of goes yeah. against that convention. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if it's just because, you know, I'm watching it now after having seen like a ton of shit like that, but that yeah. sort of aspect, like that, that aspect didn't stick out to me. Like maybe, maybe it was so expertly written that I didn't even notice. Yeah, it didn't really stick out to me either. I think... I think that's because this film pioneered that sort of thing. Like, I think this really created a... a uh, well, I mean, Nora Ephron films in general kind of did as well, but this film specifically, I think it, it kind of created a... a, a, a yeah. A few... Not tropes. Tropes is the wrong word, but yeah. conventions. Well, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, the other uh, Nora Ephron film starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan... That's you've got males when you're talking about it. It is. It's yeah. very similar. <laughs> similar vibe. Although you know, it's 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 more uh, it's more Y2K, more uh, <laughs> like advanced. Yeah. It is more advanced. It's got AOL, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That one was what 97. That's almost you know 98, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my the point is that like there's I think I think it's lost on us a bit because this is one of the first movies to do it if that makes sense like this movie like breaks convention yeah 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 in, in, um, in a lot of ways but that I mean, became conventional later yeah one once again like i think like you know i think part of being like writing a story like this well like makes you kind of not even notice it you know yeah totally and i think it is really well well well, well written <laughs> exactly 
yeah, in terms of writing, he said... This is Jeff Arch again. This is Jeff Arch, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, said, he came up with the idea to, to have her hire a, 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 PI? A, a, a PI because he saw a story in the New York Post about people doing that. <laughs> he was like, it was just becoming a thing, so like... I put it in the movie. Right. So it is very uh, very much a product of its time, I think. Yeah. Because even yeah, yeah. he talks about how that would be weird now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it was weird then. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think it's supposed to be quirky. And, like, he talks yeah. about it in the interview that, that, that we watched uh, with the directors or screenwriters uh, association or whatever he like says that like yeah even then we kind of thought about like if you reverse the gender roles it wouldn't go over very well yeah <laughs> like if you had like a dude if you hiring. had tom hanks stalking her yeah it but probably like, even, wouldn't have even her doing it is weird it's it's <laughs> weird yeah it's weird <laughs> like if that that part doesn't age particularly well uh, I don't know if it, like it must have been weird then. Like yeah, I don't that's know. Yeah, that's a good point because he does even say in the interview, Jeff Arch says like you know in a movie if a guy hire like if a guy shows up, uh, this interview was in 2013, but he was still talking about like uh, uh, kind of at the time. But like you know it's romantic if 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 a date doesn't doesn't go well and then like a guy shows up the next day and like at your workplace in a gorilla suit. Like in a movie that's romantic in real life. Yeah, you but call in the real police. life, like you call the police. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, I guess there's part of that. Like, in this movie, is even he they knew then that, like, it probably wouldn't fly in real life, but it doesn't well, necessarily yeah, I mean, read you know, even, as, like, even quirky. In, in the film, going back to that line where they were like, you know, you don't want to be in love, you want to be in love in a movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but, so I think that's supposed to be, like, you know, because she's supposed to be this, like, quirky character who's, like, Meg Ryan's vibe, you know, the Meg Ryan vibe. But right. it doesn't really read as quirky, does it? It reads more as creepy. I would say so, yeah. So they, uh, in the first few drafts, they had um, Tom Hanks calling the radio station. And they're apparently struggling with this idea a lot, as we mentioned. Yeah, because it was sort like, of not that, masculine. But... Right. But like, they just couldn't figure out how to make it work. And apparently, quote unquote, a producer's secretary who was like, near like listening in on a meeting uh, of them trying to figure it out just like put out why don't you have the kid call yeah and obviously they did that so thank you that great idea great idea unnamed producer's secretary who uh jeff arch said isn't anybody's assistant anymore oh does that kind of imply that like you know they moved on to greener pastures probably that, that's what i read from it but it, i also like it was such a such a quick thing that he might not even know yeah. who, remember who it was but anyway right. so this is when we get nora afron in the picture because i guess what was the name of the producer because he's he likes the script he gets uh involved it's not the person they've listed here oh it's the they're not actually credited or it was a dude named gary foster yeah Gary Foster is the guy. So he. Oh my god, I hate the new IMDb layout. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good. No, it's so much harder to just find the information you're looking for. I like dense web pages. You know Me too. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't like having to like go all. I don't over like the place. when there's a lot of white space on my yeah. page. <laughs> anyway, that's an aside. We're probably gonna cut that out. I think. <laughs> But yeah, so Gary Foster is the guy. So he he liked the script. He's the the he's worked with Nora from before, I think. 
Um, so he gets her involved. And what were you saying? Did you say this on air earlier? But the thing about like um, what Jeff Arch said about if you get Nora Ephron to do it, like the same idea. Yeah, you know, I, I I said that just a minute ago. Um, oh, okay. Basically, like that. Uh, he thought that uh, you know the studio was much more receptive to his ideas when Nora Ephron said them. Yeah, because he said this thing like, uh, um, you know, if like if. If the film flops and it sucks and the executives, you know, they have Gary Foster and they have Nora Ephron attached, they can be like, well, you know, we did our best. We had, we got Nora Ephron and Gary yeah, Foster. exactly. But, like, but if, it, if it, it's the same film and it flops and it's just me attached, they're like, well, why the fuck did you get this nobody? <laughs> exactly. It kind of insulates him a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So he actually, he seemed, he seemed elated that she was involved. Yeah, exactly. Because, well, she immediately gets Tom Hanks. Exactly. Well, uh, although they did, they didn't start with Tom Hanks, did they? No, they did not. Because it was supposed to be Dennis Quaid originally, wasn't Dennis it? Dennis Quaid and Kim Basinger were 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 attached. What a to the weird film. fucking. I mean that that would have been different. That would have been a very fucking different film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think like, I, I mean. I it. mean, no offense to Dennis Quaid, but I mean he's no Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, that was that reminds <laughs> me of another little aside that I forgot to put in here is like apparently they were like scouting locations for the place for Meg Ryan to live, the uh, yeah. Annie character, and they went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Which is where Jeff Arch is from. Where Jeff Arch is from. That's where they were scouting. And they, they, what was it? One of the people said something like, we can't have Annie from here. Like, there's no one's going to buy someone as beautiful as Kim Basinger comes from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful people come from everywhere. Well, I don't know. Have you ever been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good point. I haven't. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah, I want to see. Like, see if there's anybody notable from there. Well, Jeff Arch. I mean, he's not much of a looker, to be honest. Like, he's well, I not... think that's I think that's what he was implying when he said that. All uh, right, like he's not like a to... a weird. Wow, a there's no dude. notable people section. Ah, uh, well. On on Wikipedia for Lancaster. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Let me see if there's another... What county is it from? What, like, what county is it in? Well, Lancaster County. Uh, okay, maybe maybe Lancaster County. Lancaster no County. No notable people. List of people from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay, so you got nobody I recognize. Wow, James Buchanan, the 15th president of the United States, is from Lancaster oh, County. Oh, isn't he also, like, usually listed as the worst president in history? <laughs> is he? That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, see. he's he's often cited for basically allowing the Civil War to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that's right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Tom Tom Herr, an MLB second baseman. He's okay, not there are that some good people looking. Here. I'm trying to find someone extremely good looking. Uh, Kristen Wiig is allegedly from. No, Alleg- she's not. No, she's not actually from there. Where is she from? Why does it say Chris? Okay, Wiig? I think maybe she like lived there for a while, but she was born in New York. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, no, she lived in Lancaster at the age of three to thirteen. That's a significant amount. Okay. Kristen Wiig, there you go. <laughs> Kristen Wiig's a beautiful woman. Um let me who else? 
John Stockton. <laughs> oh, look, Is there's two professional rattle? soccer players. Oh, yeah, this guy's yeah. a looker. Zarek Valentin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, it's possible for good-looking people to come from Lancaster. It's possible. It is possible. But obviously Kim Basinger, Basinger, I don't know, never known, never will know. She was, did not end up in the film, so they Meg Ryan apparently was interested in the project from the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, once again, like it's hard to imagine this film with different I know, stars. it's impossible, really. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I mean, it's very hard to imagine any role played by Tom Hanks being played by anybody other than Tom Hanks. It's impossible. It is impossible for me to do that. Yeah, like honestly. Like uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll say that you know, like at least uh, you know, with Meg Ryan's appearance in Top Gun, that probably could have been played by another actress. But uh, <laughs> but definitely, she is irreplaceable here. Yeah, she. It's a certain brand of film. She's irreplaceable. Not yeah. in Top Gun. <laughs> she's very replaceable. Probably Tom one Gun. of the smallest roles she's had. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, what? That was eighty-seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> early. It was earning her career, I think. Yeah, but yeah. So, so at this point, they get another writer as well. They get David S. Ward, as we mentioned. So I guess he just came yeah. on to you know just tighten up the shooting script a little bit. Yeah, and he's got to write more of it. Yeah, exactly. Write more of it. Uh, David S. Ward. What else did he do? Bunch of stuff. He's won an Oscar, I think. The Sting. Has oh, yeah. he won an Oscar? Is that true? Yeah, the Academy Award for The Sting. There you go. Oh, Best yeah, screenplay. For the Sting. Best original screenplay, sorry. Wow, original. That's a good Oscar. Well, I mean, is it really more impressive than Best Adapted Screenplay? No, it's not more impressive, but it's the, uh, it's the, uh, yeah. It's the you didn't win Best Film. <laughs> I guess Adapted Screenplay is that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just has to do with, like, I don't even know why they're separate categories. <laughs> like, I don't know that they always were. I think they used to be the same. Okay. I don't know why they're different. Anyway, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> what about Rosie O'Donnell? Just that uh, uh, Nora Ephron had no idea who she was when uh, she, because she was big on uh, uh, TV at that point. She was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a TV star. I forget what sketch show, or not sketch show, what well, maybe it was a sketch show. Anyway, point is, I didn't. I don't really know. I'm not familiar with the work she did, but I know she was big on TV at that, at that time. And, right. Uh, um, so uh, a TV to film uh, transition, a la Bruce Willis. A la Bruce Willis. Although I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. I think she stayed on TV after that, didn't she? The Rosie O'Donnell show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was after this movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and she she stayed on TV. Okay, right, right, yeah, yeah. She didn't really make much. She didn't. She's not really known she for didn't her do film that many, roles. No, not really. But yeah, she thought she did a great read. Apparently, so. Oh yeah. They cast her based on she was the second person to read, and they loved it. And and Nora Ephron went home and told her kids that they, she had cast Rosie O'Donnell, and they were like, "Oh my god, I can't no. believe you don't know and who she, she didn't is." She didn't know who she was. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's most of the production. I mean, there's stuff like <laughs> this is where it kind of starts like bleed into the actual production as opposed to pre-production you know it's always kind of yeah. hard to, to draw that line so maybe we'll we'll leave the rest of the stuff we have for for next week in the uh in the the production section right okay for sure we'll we'll put a put a pin in in this this segment for now and we can move on to our next segment oh uh, yeah what segment would that be it's our final segment of the week it's our final segment oh Interesting. We were talking about going to space. Are we? Is there any kind of 
connection to something maybe out of this world? How did this no, we're not talking about the truth. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. Indeed, welcome. This is, of course, the segment, as I hope you know, that we talk about the connections between this film and Star Trek. Yeah, so this is at a time of high Star Trek concentration. Yeah, this is a high Star Trek density uh, period. There are two Star Treks going on at this point in time, and another one not too far in the future. Exactly, so like dense but you messaged me that you were having some difficulty figuring this one out i was having some difficulty um a, so a dearth of connections huh a dearth of connections i did not i'm gonna i'm gonna level with you right here that i did not have time to go through the entire extended cast and crew how dare you <laughs> not scroll but through the IMDb everybody page, who please. has a name i checked <laughs> <laughs> well that's important that's and all even some of the people who didn't <laughs> i mean that's that's all we can ask of you really so i did not find any direct connections not shocked you, although tom hanks has never been in track that's okay let, 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 let we gotta talk about this okay <laughs> okay um so tom hanks has indeed never been in star trek ridiculous however that it, it it would appear that, that Tom Hanks would like to be in Star Trek. Doesn't he love Trek? Who? He does love Trek. Specifically the original series. Yeah. From what I can tell. Uh, there, <laughs> a lot of the source for this comes from an interview he did uh, on the Graham Norton show. <laughs> That's a great where show. Where he was, he was uh, on with uh, Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. A, good, a good double guest there. Yeah, um... And there was also somebody else, but I, she third, didn't actually speak yeah. really in the segment yeah. because they were talking about Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, so Tom Hanks is a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. Been a big Star Trek fan for a long time uh, and would like to be in Star Trek someday. Um, I'm sure he will at some point. They've got to get him in one series. Yeah. So this is, this is not from this interview, but... Um, I did learn that he was almost in Star Trek. What? An almost? (laughs) Um, You have to elaborate. Okay, so the film Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. Which is the film, the next generation film, where uh, they go back in time to, like, and they meet Zephram Cochran, who is, like, the the guy who invented Warp Drive. Next generation film, really? Is it? Or is the next generation the first? It's the first film, I think, with the cast of The Next Generation. Gotcha. Mm, let me just double-check that. Oh, hilarious. I accidentally went to the episode first contact. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, uh, That's a different... Not thing. to be confused. No, no. <laughs> which, is all, which is an episode of The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. But not the film. What in that episode again? It's in the fourth season. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is with... It's the, the Malcor one. 
Um, what was I going to say? So this is uh, time travel. They go back in time, like I was saying, to, uh, you know, they find... Uh, they meet Stephen Cochran, who invented Warp Drive, and the Borg try to stop Stephen Cochran from inventing Warp Drive. Right. So Tom Hanks was almost in this movie? Tom Hanks almost played Stephen Cochran. Oh, well, so sorry. What year was that movie? Uh, 1996. Oh, so this would have been... So Tom Hanks was big at this point. Oh, man. Yeah, so um, uh, the the actual role ended up going to James Cromwell, who, fine actor. Fine uh, actor, yeah. <laughs> the role was offered to Tom Hanks. However, uh, he happened to uh, already be unfortunately committed to another <sighs> another film, That Thing You Do. Oh, that's a good... Well, of course he's committed. We have to do that film one day. I love Which that Which he directed as well. Yeah, he stars in and directs that film. It's his directorial debut. Excellent film. Excellent, excellent film that we will definitely talk about one day. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, he did not... Was not able to be in Star Trek That's at a that bummer. Point. That's a bummer. It's worth it for that film, but that is a bummer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jonathan Frakes... Um, had Jonathan Frakes, who played uh, Riker, Riker, who also directed the film. Oh God, really? <laughs> Dude, uh, Jonathan Frakes is a good director. Oh, is he? Yeah, no, no. He's actually he doesn't really act anymore. He basically just directs. Now. Directing filmography. Oh yeah, he does a lot of directing. A few episodes yeah, of Voyager. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, well, he's he's directed uh, quite a bit of um, uh, Discovery as well. Oh, look at that! Well, yeah, um, he's done a lot. Good for him. Yeah, I love um, when people make trans. It's like uh, the kid from uh, Princess Pride. I forget his name. Frank Sa- Frank Savage. Fred Savage. Oh, Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah. Interesting uh, <laughs> fact about uh, Jonathan Frakes uh, other doing other things is uh, he actually also played trombone on a Fish album. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he plays trombone in uh, Star Trek. Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen. <laughs> uh, oh, what was I going to say? He was also um, a member of the Sunspots, a vocal backup group of Star Trek cast members that appeared on Brent Spinner's 1991 album, Old Yellow Eyes. Huh? Isn't it Brent Spiner? Spiner, yeah, sorry. I always pronounce it Spinner. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, that This is a bit of an aside talking about Jonathan Frakes. His... Who is, uh, you know, a very, very. Uh... Very great guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Freaks. Uh, you know, not you don't always like his character, but uh, no, I hate his character. Like but <laughs> the man is very is is cool. Yeah. So anyway, what Jonathan Frakes said, yeah, was that it would have been a mistake to cast Tom Hanks. What? Yeah. I guess it might have it, it would have distracted from. Yeah, because he was too well known, and that uh, that 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 uh, James Cromwell was perfect in the role and that uh, he uh, he's glad that he was in it because uh, I think I think the studio wanted Tom Hanks right. I, I trust him what Jonathan Frakes yeah I mean it, it's hard to say because you, you gotta see Tom Hanks in the movie you know? yeah exactly know you gotta he... see him you gotta see him do it because he's such a professional he would have he would have laid back a little bit he wouldn't have been the i mean i think he can definitely be laid back of course he can be he can he can be a secondary character they just he's just never had a chance has he what to be a secondary character yeah no he's been a secondary character like earlier in his career but anyway but yeah so uh tom hanks unfortunately does not have you know the perfect connection connection. 
you know, to Star Trek. Like, he's not been in Star Trek, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Which is sad. Which it is, is very sad. sad. One day. Um, however, he, he does factor into a two degree. Oh, okay. We have Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Who, as you may know, was in the film Toy Story. I do know that. <laughs> which actually was around this time, right? Yeah, that was 1995 or something. Yeah, was 94 or 95? I think Tom Hanks was... Sorry, not Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump was 1994. Yeah, Forrest Gump is four. Toy Story is five. Okay, so Toy Story, right? Yeah. In Toy Story is uh, one Wallace Shawn. (laughs) Inconceivable. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Princess Bride, which we mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he has been on several episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He's the ultimate, ultimate Ferengi. He's been on seven episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hells yeah. He's not been in the next generation, huh? No. I mean, I I, I think he... Uh, he's yeah, referenced. No, he's not. It, it, it wouldn't make a lot of... I mean, it might make sense, but... It, anyway. it doesn't really make a lot of sense why he's always hanging around Deep Space Nine, actually. Given no. that he's the Grand Nagus of yeah. the Ferengi Alliance... He is the he's King Ferengi, top Ferengi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, although perfect. like, you know, Ferengi don't really have any loyalties, so I mean, I'm not sure how much that actually means. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> like it always seems like somebody's trying to screw him over or he's trying to screw somebody else over. Like <laughs> something's all as soon as Wallace Shawn shows up, you know something's going down. Yeah. So yeah, between 1993 and 1999, he was on seven episodes playing Grand Nagus Zach. And what a job he does! He looks like such a Frankie. He's perfect Frankie role. He's like how uh, yeah, like Clint Howard. I'm sure Clint Howard was a Frankie at one point, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, exactly. He I was like talked in about Enterprise. Yeah, we must have mentioned that before, but it's it's the exact same thing. They like they both look perfect for it. Yeah, although uh, well, Sean's Frangy outfit is like more elaborate than I think. Well, most. of course he's the because he has the huge lobes. Yeah, he's the top, the huge <laughs> lobes. Well, I mean, you know, in, <laughs> amongst the Ferengi, having having large lobes <laughs> is a sign of uh, of you know. Status, wealth, I guess. <laughs> Status and wealth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, you know the Ferengi. That's what they they really. Um, it's all about status. The two and things. Wealth. The two things that they uh, they really um, care about. I uh, think are really important are wealth and large lobes. <laughs> well, I mean, they've this got is the your, your, straight. your lobes, by the way. I just wanna... <laughs> <laughs> Ferengi have really big ears. If you As opposed to what? I don't know. Like brain lobes, ah, yeah, they've got those frontal lobes. Or, I mean, they kind of. I mean, are. I guess though they're also kind of bigger. Yeah, they are kind of bigger. But they're lobes. talking about the ears. Yeah, talking about the ears. Talking about the ears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, what was I talking about? Uh, so, <laughs> Wallace Shawn connection. Okay, so I have three connections, as I was saying. Okay, so we got Meg Ryan as well. What? Meg Ryan's a. Not not in Star Trek, but no. she has a, another two-step connection. Okay, so the film Inner Space, 1987. Inner Space. I don't remember that film. Also featured one Bob Picardo. Oh, yeah, Robert Picardo. I love Robert Picardo. Of course you do. He's the doctor. Yeah. 
Um, he, you should follow yeah, everyone. Uh, Doctor in Voyager on, on YouTube and Instagram. Follow him on all social media. Um, Great follow. Yeah, so he was in um, in Star Trek Voyager in almost every episode, I think. Basically, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, Meg Ryan was in Inner Space with him. I don't think I've seen this movie. I have not either, so I can't tell you much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Quaid? <laughs> Dennis Quaid, yeah, interestingly. Uh, who was almost in this film. Dennis Quaid is, yeah. Wow. Looks like it could be a fun movie. Yeah, so um, the other connection, the final third connection, as I always do three. Indeed. Is... Um, through uh Rob Reiner. Ooh. He's not been okay. on Star Trek. No, he has not. No. But he was in Spinal Tap. <laughs> I sure fucking was. And uh Michael McKean, who I we might have already mentioned this connection when we were doing that movie. It's possible, but I think we definitely did because he's a, he would be, he would have been a direct connection. It would have been the direct connection, but the point being he was in Star Trek. Yes. Uh Michael McKean was uh in an episode of Star Trek Voyager, Fuck yeah. um, the episode uh, "The Thaw," where he played the clown. What happens in that what, episode? It's a, it's the one where Harry Kim is inside like the Harry Kim and Bolana going into like the simulated reality. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And uh, he's like a like a virtual character who like you know wants to like trap them there yeah 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 <laughs> classic Star classic Trek voyager, Star Trek plot. voyager plot yeah yeah um and yeah that's that's the three connections really sick yeah i um, think you did pretty you know, well I, considering yeah i mean this is not i i don't think you know the finest film for it no but you still you still found some entertaining connections yeah and we got to talk about tom hanks's relationship with star trek which is always a fun uh, conversation to have yeah <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. He he did say in that interview with Graham Norton actually that he he wanted to be in Star Trek as a polite Romulan. <laughs> That's interesting that he's got like a specific. I could totally see that though. Tom Hanks with the ears. Yeah, Tom Hanks is a polite Romulan with the ears. <laughs> yeah. And the eyebrows, absolutely, and the haircut, absolutely, absolutely. Like with the the long bangs. Yeah, are there Romulans in uh, Discovery? Uh, in Discovery, I because that's the only one running not, right not, now. No, no, there's Picard. Oh yeah, Picard. But there are Romulans in Picard. Okay, so he's gonna have to be in. Picard. But he was specifically talking to Simon Pegg about this, so I think he meant like in oh one the, of the films. movies in the movies. That would be yeah. fine. And and I believe those are technically still going, aren't they? Technically, yeah. Well, they the last one was a well, while. Well, they got to do the one but... with Quentin Tarantino. Oh right, God yeah. right. Fuck I don't me. know what's happening with that, but I know that he is gonna. Well, he I don't wanted know if that's to. Gonna I know he wanted. No, 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 no. He got. He. They said they were gonna do it. The studio said they were gonna do it. Yeah, well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> like I last time I checked, he he was too busy doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But then after that, he would get to doing Star Trek. Fuck yes, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see a Star like a gory ass Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like. It would be good, I think. <laughs> I'd like. It to would think... be good or it would be terrible. Actually, it's true. <laughs> it would be it's, trash. It's kind of. It has. I don't know what to, to expect. I don't know what to expect there, but it, I want to see it. We'll have to do it when it comes out. 
Yeah, Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, you know, if it comes out. If I'm going to double check to see what the status is on that right now, because it's been a while since I checked. Yeah, yeah, we got to see what see what but, we're talking about here. You know, from what I understand, there was word from both the studio and Quentin Tarantino saying they were going to do it. That is fucking awesome. I mean, yeah. I don't like Quentin Tarantino as a person, or <laughs> even really as a director, but I like some of his movies. Yeah. And I would love to see him do Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know what to what to expect, but I think it would be worth watching. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Everything we know about Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie. Yeah. 2021, this came out. Okay. Yeah. Seems like it's still yeah. happening. So, like, has is Quentin Tarantino mentioned anything else that he's working on? Not that I've seen here. Okay. Because I think that would be the, the main test to see, like, is this happening? Is, like, if Quentin Tarantino is already working on something different, then yeah, my guess yeah. is this isn't going to happen for a while, if ever. Yeah, exactly. If he's already on another movie. Yeah. Which, you know. I mean, what, he's made nine movies? He, yeah, it says here, Tarantino has long maintained that he wants to direct ten films and then retire. He's currently at nine films. Yeah, so is he? does he want to go out with Star Trek? <laughs> I think that would be interesting. That's what it says. And beyond all other considerations, it seems highly unlikely that Tarantino would make Star Trek film his last cinematic outing. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that that's a lie, though, that he's going to make ten movies and then retire. Yeah, it's totally a lie. It's always a lie. Uh, yeah. Oh, at this point, he's still attached as producer, but someone else would direct the potential film. Oh, okay, that's not as good. No, that's not as good. Yeah. But also, I think that's a lie, that it's ten movies. Yeah, that's an absolute fucking lie. Don't yeah. buy it for a second. <laughs> Do not. Um, Like, you, like he's going to direct ten movies, and he's going to be like, well, I want to do this. Yeah, he'll direct 10 movies, take like a five-year break, and then be like, I kind of have this idea for a movie, and then he'll direct another movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, that's all I have. Uh, we got to a bit of a, a side about Quentin Tarantino. Well, uh, that'll happen in Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Well, that's all I have to say about that. Applies. It applies this week. Yeah, it applies. It applies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back we next will week. We will next week with, with the, the, the rest, rest of this film. The rest of it, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot more, actually. Yeah. And uh, let's get. Uh... Oh no, wait, I, I thought I was still on the uh, on the uh, Sleepless in Seattle Wikipedia page, but I'm. I just there's a a, a subheading that says cultural impact, um, but I'm actually on the Stanley Kubrick. Oh. <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yeah, Sleepless. <laughs> Imagine if he directed this movie. Imagine. I mean... I couldn't imagine Stanley Kubrick directing a rom-com. You know, um... Yeah, you know, The Shining is really a rom-com. The Shining is a rom-com. <laughs> it's just like this movie, you know? It's just like There's it. There's a kid, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> There's a kid, um... They actually kind of look a bit similar. Maybe it's just kids and movies look the same, but... Yeah, they kind of do. Anyway, <laughs> it's a really weird. Anyway, um, I wanna I wanna thank all our uh, all our listeners and a shout out to our listeners in Egypt. Thank you, Egyptian. Thank you for listening. Is there Egyptian more than listeners. one? There's no way there's more than one. I only see one here. Well, thank that was you. a country I haven't I haven't mentioned yet. So yeah, yeah. 
Thank you, one person. Thank you, person in Egypt. Maybe it's one of the Egyptian people I know. <laughs> Do you know many Egyptian people? I know more than one Egyptian person. Interesting, are they in Egypt? I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't talked to them in a while. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I will play us out with a, bit, a little bit of CanCon here.